I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back here to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Jared Dillard as uh, we're excited to go to our Auburn Bank phone line right now and bring on a good friend of the program, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, kind enough to take our phone call and chat with us here on the show. Ferg, how's your week been so far? How was your weekend? Uh, not bad. Not bad. Uh, um, you know, just another week at this point. But, uh, yeah, uh, Got to kind of ease off a little bit after the NBA draft because that was a uh, that was a long and fun uh, Thursday night for sure. Yeah, no, it was. It was very exciting. It's one of my favorite events to watch each and every year, and yeah. I know you're in the same boat too. And uh, here we are. We saw momentum Wednesday night going into Thursday with. Uh, Las Vegas money lines shifting in Paulo Banquero's favor. Then Woj tweets Thursday morning, no, 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 not so fast, and then kind of reverses that about an hour beforehand. Jabari Smith ends up going third overall to Houston. Tell us the significance of this, Ferk. I think it all depends on how you feel about Jalen Green. I think Orlando and Houston are very equal in terms of assets. I think Orlando's got a few more. Uh, they've been the, they've you know this iteration of the team's had a little bit more success recently, but Houston has hit the hard reset button the last two years, and it's just hey, if Jalen Green plays like he's capable of playing, if Jalen Green's a top two pick type of talent, um, this is a really good landing spot for a guy like Jabari. I think that's a really good pairing with uh, with Jabari. I think Jalen Green getting downhill um, and the pick and roll game is going to open up some opportunities for Jabari. And, you know, Jabari would have landed fine in Orlando, I think. I think Orlando, it's, it, I'm very interested in, like, seeing how this all works with Orlando because, like, Bankero's a great player. I really like Bankero a lot, but, you know, he's very ball-dominant as a forward, and Orlando's the team that's got a ton of ball handlers already on it. So it would be interesting how that works out. That's why I thought Jabari made sense there. Um, but, you know, I think Houston's a really good landing spot. I think Oklahoma City would have been better, but they seem pretty set on, on Chad Holmgren through the whole process. So, um, yeah, I, I think – you know, it's it, you don't get the you don't get the acclaim of being the number one overall pick. I think that'll take some pressure off of Jabari, especially early on. But um, yeah, I think this could end up being a better fit for and a better spot for Jabari moving forward. If I think if Jalen Green turns out to be that kind of guy, because I don't think Orlando has a Jalen Green type of player on their team, a guy who could be that kind of impact. They got pieces, and of course, Van Carroll's going to add to that. But I think if Jalen plays like a top-two pick, you know, this could be a really good landing spot. And, and Jabari will get to grow with a team that's got a lot of young, young, exciting players. I'm glad you brought that up there at the finish, talking about Jalen Green and what he's been for Houston. And now you've got him and Jabari Smith getting the chance to play together. It's, it's worth noting that Jalen Green this past season ended the year with five consecutive 30-plus point scoring efforts. No rookie in NBA history had had five straight 30-point games since 1997 when Allen Iverson did that. A pretty good company that Jalen Green joins. And so, yeah, you think about those two guys, him and Jabari Smith, and if Jabari could translate to the NBA level, Ferg, we might be talking about Houston in several years, about being one of the best teams in all of the league. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, both those guys, they got a lot of team control left on their contracts, obviously. Um, very young, very young team. You know, I, I'm interested in what they're going to do at center. Alfred Singu, 
maybe. I mean, I know a lot of Rockets fans are excited about him, um, but he's kind of a big question mark to me. But you've got Kenyon Martin Jr., you've got Josh Christopher, you've got a number of pieces that I like the young players in Houston. And yeah, I mean, you could see Jabari and, and, uh, and, and Jalen Green be kind of a really superstar team. On top of that, I thought Houston had a really good draft on top of it as well in getting Ty Ty Washington and Tori Eason. I think they got three lottery talents in three not lottery, uh, not all of those were lottery picks. Uh, Tari Eason's going to help them out on defense right off the bat. Uh, he was one of the only players in the country last season that I think if you wanted to give another player besides Walker Kessler, defensive player of the year, Tari Eason would have been it. Um, and, and he can shoot as well. And then Ty Ty is a great, I think, combo guard at, the, at this next level. And I think uh, he could, uh, you know, just because you're not really certain, um, you know, who could be kind of the lead, you know, number one guard moving forward for Houston long term. I think Ty Ty's got as good a shot as any of those guys. He's a really good player, and uh, it's a really good draft for Houston. It's going to take them a while. They're going to, they're going to be extremely young again. I think they're going to take some lumps, uh, but in a few years after they learn and grow together, uh, this could be the core of a really fun team moving forward. Tell me about uh, Walker Kessler. He goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, ultimately, uh, a first-round draft selection, and he's going to start his uh, professional career there playing with the Timberwolves. Yeah, a really good pick for, for the Timberwolves, I think, is where Walker was projected to go. You had either one of two things going on. You were going to be on a team that didn't have a center locked down or maybe an aging center uh, on their roster, or the more likely scenario when you saw how many guys, how many teams were picking in the, in the 20s, you were going to have a chance to be the backup to a superstar center. Um, and, of course, that's why they're getting in, in, in Kessler, backup Carl Anthony Towns. I think it's a really good fit, I think. You know, Walk's going to be a guy that plays probably 10, 15 minutes a game early in his NBA career. Um, the one thing that I think makes this an interesting fit and, like, a particularly a pretty good one is Carl Anthony Towns is a great player. Carl Anthony Towns is not a great defender, um, and, and Walker is. And so I think I can see where Minnesota kind of comes in and says, okay, you know, whenever our big guy, our, our, our franchise center is out on the floor, let's, let's really double down on our defensive efforts with that. So that'd be a lot of fun to see, and we'll see how Cat continues to be that guy. But um, you know, Minnesota's got Anthony Edwards, one of the best young players in the league already. A whole lot of fun. This is a team that is, uh, you know, heading into last season, they had missed the playoffs in 16 out of the last 17 years. They made the playoffs last year. I don't think they're going to be slowing down anytime soon. Um, you know, not a title contender right now by any means, but the way Edwards is progressing, the way Towns is playing, and just that kind of hunger from that team, I think Walker's going to fit in. On a team that wants to win, it's not a team that's going to tank. It's going to be a team that wants to win now, and that's a good spot for him to land as a role player early in his career. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer is joining us here on the program. You can follow him on Twitter at jfergusonau. Really fun story that you put out there this morning, Ferguson, taking a look at uh, what the Auburn Athletics program as a whole kind of looks like. You teased it, saying you hadn't done a project like this uh, before, that it took a lot of work. Uh, tell me about the idea to do something like this. Yeah, so uh, today at the Observer, I did a thing where it's kind of stemmed from a conversation I had with a couple people uh, here recently after Auburn got done in the College World Series um, or kind of was in there with the baseball team. It's like, okay, you know, Auburn had a College World Series team. They had one of the best teams in college basketball this season in men's basketball. Um, the, the women's golf team made the Final Four. Gymnastics obviously had a phenomenal year with Sunny Lee and them getting back to the Final Four. Um, men's golf had a great year. And you start kind of lining up. Tennis got on a really good run late. And, and I started kind of kind of added up and said, okay, well, how many times has Auburn ever been in this position before um, where they had so many sports either win a title 
or go deep in their postseason. And so I just dug it up. I just went through the through the media guides uh, for every sport and just kind of tallied it up. And, um, I mean, you could make a pretty good argument. Depends on how you feel about swimming and diving and kind of like if you count them as two separate sports or one sport or, you know, with the, with the men's and women's teams there because it's the same thing with track and field because they share a coach, uh, coaching staff. But you could make the argument that this was the most widely successful year for Auburn Athletics in at least 20 years, and if not, maybe ever, because you, you don't usually get this many teams playing this well all at the same time. And on top of that, you know, there's a lot of upward mobility for these teams. Like, this is, this, it wasn't like a super successful year for Auburn softball, but you can see where they're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. They've made recent hires in swimming and diving and volleyball and track and field now, where you can see that that could pay off here in the near future. Football obviously did not have a great year, but that's Auburn football. You can they'll, they could get a really good season out of nowhere. That's just kind of their thing. Um, so for a year last year, 2020-21, that school year was so bad for Auburn athletics because just nothing really seemed to work right with the COVID year. Just kind of all the hippiness going on. Basketball kind of taking a step back. Um, you know, this past year was a really really good one for Auburn, and you know I, I think you're in a position right now at, with Auburn athletics is that you either have a team that is, you know, playing really well right now and you feel good about the direction of them, like they're in a good spot as a program, or you can see the pieces. You can see the potential. You can see the upward mobility. Women's basketball. If Brian Arson could get it going in football, obviously. Um, you, there's a lot of a lot of those spots where right now I think the evidence was just how many teams were so successful this year. You and I certainly talk frequently about the likes of of baseball and basketball and football, soccer even, Ferg. But when you look at the Auburn Athletics programs, and and really this is is not an Auburn-necessary related question, but swimming and diving, I'm glad you brought them up. Swimmers, the athletes that they are, Ferg. Oh, yeah. How impressive are they, man? Just freak shows. I mean, aliens, I think. Yeah, an elite swimmer is just... Just one of the most. You know, like the only one I can, the only one I can think of where it's like, okay, if you don't do that, you're you know, athletic, athletic, and, it, and it's very, it's a very similar sport. But like water polo players, like those people are <laughs> animals. Like it's just, it, it's insane what they can do. But yeah, I mean, that's the sport I'm really interested in seeing for all moving forward. They had a good year. They improved um, their standing on both the men's and women's side this year in swimming and diving. And one of the things that, you know, growing up, I knew that Auburn swimming was, like, when I was a kid, was just phenomenal, like winning national championships left and right. But when I went back through the record book and started counting them up, it, it's so, like, overwhelming to just see how good they were. There were several years where Auburn won women's, women's, men's and women's SEC and national championships in swimming and diving all at the same time. They had several years wow. where they did that. And I know they're trying to get back to that level, and it's going to be tough, obviously, but... You know, they had a dynasty, and, and with their head coach right now, who uh, just finished up his second season, uh, Ryan Warmerenka, he, like, they're, they're heading in the right direction. I don't know if Auburn will ever get back to that heyday again, where they're, like, producing an Olympians left and right and winning national championships all the time, um, but they could be back to being a force in the, in the SEC, and you know people are hungry for it, because that was a sport that, like, in the 2000s, you just knew Auburn was going to win the title in it. You take a look at uh, the, the Auburn Swimming and Diving Program. Dynasty is the word that comes to mind. The Golden State Warriors, you talk about the dynasty run that they're on. The 90s Bulls, and now I'll transition into the Thunder Chickens, Ferg. As oh, God. A, <laughs> we're trying to be a dynasty one day. Uh, two more games today. Uh, we went over last week in our debut. 
what what do you got for us here as we get okay. in ready for week two? What, okay, so what were the scores in week one? What are we doing? Because remember, I gave you I gave you a goal. You did. Uh, we yeah. uh, you'll be happy to know that we uh, we averaged four and a half runs per game. Okay. And uh, you know, I run rule. Did we, we really did get run ruled in the first game. We just ran out of time. We hit the hour limit, which was okay. great. Uh, what and was then, the final of that game? Uh, the final of that game was eighteen to six. Okay, all right. And then we lost twenty to three in the second game. Mm. All right. Well, the the the, the goal still stands as the same one I gave you last week. Is this? You know, I'm not expecting you to win. I'm never going to expect you to win. <laughs> um, not that's not by forfeit. But my goal for you is, if you're talking about taking natural steps and building a program, you think about like what Butch Thompson's done. You think about what Johnny Harris is trying to do with women's basketball. Get a set attainable goals and keep pushing towards there and have like kind of good linear growth. The linear growth for y'all is just lose a game by not double digits. Like that would be like that would be a good one to have. Like if you get to the end, it's like man, that was tough, but we didn't lose by ten or more runs. I'm like, yeah, man, be be happy about that because you know right now y'all are just getting your eyes beat out all the time and that's fine that's okay you're new to this but um you know that's that's my thing for y'all just give me give me a loss in the single digits and i and i say hey celebrate that and, and, and build off of that See, Ferg, we were on our way to a single digit loss in game two we trailed just five to three after three innings right and then we committed about five errors in one inning and gave up 15 runs to lose 20 to three jj's arm fell off but <laughs> Yeah, so that's the thing. That's the thing, right? You know, like if a, if a team gets hot at the plate and just starts bashing the ball all over the place on you, that's one thing, right? You just like, you know what? They're better than us. Tip the cap. But if you blow that, if you blow that, and I say lead, not even really a lead, uh, if you blow that opportunity because of your own errors, well, I mean, yeah. that's got to be more motivation. You just got to get back to the drawing board. <laughs> like you got you got to do that. You can't you can't sit there and say, well, you know, they were just laying them in there, or you know, that's a really good hitting team. You're committing all those errors. Tighten that up. Who knows? Who knows? We might we might see we might see the nine run loss that you can celebrate. Believe it or not, Ferg, our entire team is just dreaming of a day where you make an appearance at a Thunder Chickens game. And I'm trying to tell people we probably would have to pay you to make that happen. Yeah, probably. And I'm saying like you you need to you need to show me something, right? If I'm gonna invest <laughs> in this team, you're gonna like I'm you know, I only go out there and watch you guys just get just die. Like, right. That's not fun for anybody. Um, so, like, yeah, like, give me some of that progress. If you guys sit there and say, yeah, you tell me a score one week, and it's like, well, that was actually kind of like, kind of close-ish. You know, who knows? You know, strange things happen. Yeah, we are wise, though, and we do know that you're food motivated. So maybe if there was a meal promise of some kind <laughs> sure, involved, sure. that might maybe be able to make like things that. happen. Okay. Maybe so. Perfect. All right, what's coming at the Auburn Observer the rest of the week, buddy? Yeah, I got a uh, newsletter tomorrow on uh, on Zach Calzada. I had a friend of mine, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you might have seen this last week. I got a friend of mine who works at Pro Football Focus. had a really interesting take about Zach Calzada that I did some more digging into, Uh, and there's a newsletter about that tomorrow if you want to check that out. Um, Mailbag later in the week. We are trying to line up a guest for Thursday's podcast. I don't know if we're going to be able to get it in in time, uh, but if we do, I think it'll be a really fun one. Uh, so we're working on that for the Thursday podcast. So a lot of stuff, and then, like you said, uh, the 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 uh, story day on the uh, on the best years ever for Auburn athletics and where this past one compares. You can read that. You can listen to the podcast from yesterday anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's all there. AuburnObserver.com. 
Be well, Ferg. We always appreciate the time and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon, okay? Absolutely.